Today is August 8th, 2021. We will be reading from the big book of AA pages, the top paragraph on page 11. To Christ, I conceded the certainty of a great man. To and including on page 12, that last paragraph, the real significance of my experience in the cathedral. Um, today, our reader will be Darcy L. And our speaker is going to be um, Rebecca A. from the UK. Uh, let's see. And the reader will share for approximately 20 minutes. Okay, so Darcy, if you can get us started with the reading. Darcy, you need to unmute, we can't hear you. Thank you. To Christ I conceded the certainty of a great man, not too closely followed by those who claimed him. His moral teaching, most excellent. For myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. The rest I discarded. The wars which had been fought, the burnings and chicanery that religious dispute had facilitated made me sick. I honestly doubted whether, on balance, the religions of mankind had done any good. Judging from what I had seen in Europe and since, the power of God in human affairs was negligible, the brotherhood of man a grim jest. If there was a devil, he seemed the boss universal, and he certainly had me. But my friend sat before me, and he made the point black declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. Society was about to lock him up. Like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. Had this power originated in him? Obviously, it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute. And this was none at all. That floored me. It began to look as though religious people were right after all. Here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. Never mind the musty past. Here sat a miracle directly across the kitchen table. He shouted great tidings. I saw that my friend was much more than inwardly reorganized. He was on a different footing. His roots grasped a new soil. Despite the living example of my friend, there remained in me the vestiges of my old prejudice. The word God still aroused a certain antipathy. When the thought was expressed that there might be a God personal to me, this feeling was intensified. I didn't like the idea. I could go for such conceptions as creative intelligence, universal mind, or spirit of nature, but I resisted the thought of a czar of the heavens, however loving his sway might be. I have since talked with scores of men who felt the same way. My friend suggested what then seemed a novel idea. He said, why don't you choose your own conception of God? That statement hit me hard. It melted the icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered many years. 
I stood in the sunlight at last. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. I saw that growth could start from that point. Upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. Would I have it? Of course I would. Thus, was I convinced that God is concerned with us humans when we want him enough? At long last, I saw, I felt, I believed. Scales of pride and prejudice fell from my eyes. A new world came into view. The real significance of my experience in the cathedral burst upon me. For a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. But soon the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself. And so it had been ever since. How blind I had been. Thank you so much, Darcy. And now we're going to have Rebecca A. from the UK share about those pages. Thank you so much for your service, Rebecca. Thanks a million. Hi, I'm Rebecca A. Uh, from London in the UK. So grateful to be here today to share with you. I'm going to quickly open um, just with a quick prayer. Um, God, please help me share something useful today. Your will, not mine, be done. Amen. Um, yeah, it's such a pleasure to kind of um, share at this meeting where I've learned so much and got so much uh, from so many of your shares. So, yeah, it's a real blessing to be able to kind of pay it forward. Um, yeah, this, this reading today is just dynamite, um, but I'll start briefly with what life was like for me before I came in, uh, what I did and how it is now, and then I'll crack into um, the study. So I came into program uh, at the beginning of uh, the pandemic, and um, I think I was really scared that my disease was progressing and I had had years of my weight growing and growing and growing. I was obese, I wasn't well. My relationships uh, could be described as like walking on eggshells. People um, didn't know how to be around me and I didn't know how to be around people. Kind of on the surface of things, it seemed like, you know, my life was okay. But, you know, you didn't need to scratch very far to realize that actually, um, you know, things were cracking. There were cracks all over the place and it was just about to kind of crack altogether. Um, so, yeah, faced with um, impending doom, <laughs> I stepped into a meeting and I heard people sharing um talking about food the way that I felt about food, talking about how desperate they were, just like how I felt, and, um, and saying that there was a solution. So I was hooked and I was keen and I was desperate enough to kind of give it a whirl. Um, and I'm so grateful, grateful that I did. Um, so yeah, I worked the steps with a sponsor. We used this big book and um, yeah, it worked. So newcomers here today, you know, this works. You know, we're going to talk about a lot of things. Some will resonate, some will sound a bit different or odd, um, but just stick with it for now because it really, really does work. Um, 
how my life is like now is um yeah I'm living in these steps and using 10 11 and 12 to kind of progress my recovery because my disease is progressing um but my recovery can progress um the other day I heard a speaker saying that you know yeah this disease is permanent progressive and fatal but our recovery can be permanent progressive and life-giving and um to date this program gives me life it's giving me life um you know I am privileged to be a kind of lantern I'm not the light we're going to talk a little bit about this whole concept of light and standing in the sunlight at last um but yeah I'm like a soft box you know a soft box charged with electricity I'm not the electricity but I'm like a box and um yeah today I'm luminous you know and what I'm realizing is that being luminous is like a natural state it's like my home state um before I came into program I was kind of like opaque like just absorbing things I needed more 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 and more more food more love more relationships more status more sex more everything um whereas now I give out I'm not just taking 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 I receive love and I give love you know um and that's that kind of like lantern luminous kind of state, you know? And um, it was a real game changer for me to realize that that's a natural state and that actually my higher power, as I understand, wants recovery for me. It wants me to be in this natural state of kind of wellness and kind of being useful, being of service. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, today I live a life where I am trying to give service. And when I first came into program, I thought that it would be so difficult to do all these things, make all these calls, do 10 steps and do nightly reviews and all of this stuff. Um, but yeah, somehow it works, you know. Okay. So this reading starts uh, that first paragraph where it's talking about parts that seemed convenient and not too difficult. <laughs> and uh, that's me down to a T, you know, there are some things that I'm like, yeah, I'm a moral person. Of course, you know, I'm a kind person, you know, and I think people would have described me as a nice person. But, you know, I was nice because I wanted people to like me. And I sought their approval. And I was addicted to their approval as well. You know, I, I was concerned with how people thought of me and controlling that, which I now know is it's manipulative, you know, and I guess it's a kind of survival. We all do it to an extent, but mine was overinflated. And when I didn't get it, it was leading me directly to food, right? Um, you know, parts that were inconvenient to me were letting go of resentments because I realized in working these steps that I was getting something from being like, okay, I kind of forgive you, but I'm still gonna hold on to the nut and bolt of it. You know, I'm not gonna forget, you know? I got something from that. I got a sense of identity, you know, this kind of, um, I've had a hard life and, you know, I'm a kind of wronged woman, but, you know, I can be gracious. That's a kind of identity. And it was an identity that was killing me. And it made me, um, I tried to write down the numbers. Uh, I was obese and maybe I was like 240 or 250 pounds, um, that kind of thing. 
I'm, I'm not that today, but that was kind of the consequence of holding on, not letting go of the resentments. That was inconvenient. Living on a spiritual basis means that, you know, I can't afford to do that, but I didn't want to do that. The other parts that were inconvenient for me is was a life of discipline. From working these steps, I understand that, you know, discipline and following these steps and having this as a way of life actually leads to freedom. But I kind of wanted to do things my way. You know, I, I kind of know how to live my life and I've got the answers. You know, I'm the youngest of seven and, you know, we kind of brought up ourselves, you know. So from a young age, it's kind of like, I've got the answer. I can figure it out and I'm good at figuring things out. This is something that I thought I could figure out. My weight, food, you know, my body, people, relationships, work, money. I can figure it out, right? And I didn't want to let go of that idea. I wasn't prepared to do that. That was kind of rather inconvenient. Um, and another kind of spiritual concept that maybe I found difficult to stomach was self-sacrifice and service because like I mentioned before it was about you give and then you get this if I'm nice to you then you scratch my back not the kind of free giving it wasn't about that um and I didn't realize that actually that kind of love and tolerance that attitude of service and self-sacrifice led me to actually have this um esteem and a sense of purpose that's what I really needed because even though I thought, yeah, I can figure this out, I can work this out, I was really lacking in self-confidence and belief, you know, really, really, that was a gaping hole, actually. Um, it talks about, in the next paragraph, I honestly doubted whether, on balance, the religions of mankind had done any good. And, um, yeah, you know, even though I was... I thought I was loving and kind and open-minded. Really, I have a tendency to focus on the lack. I, I'm, I'm a bit of a cynic. I focus on where it's not working, where spirituality has its flaws, you know. I don't focus on where it is working for millions of people every single day. You know, I don't, I don't focus, I don't, I wasn't trying to look for the coincidences, look for where I'm being held by my higher power look for where I'm looked after, look for where love is coming towards me. Um, I'm looking at what I don't have. I'm focused on lack. This paragraph is kind of like focusing on lack in the world, lack in mankind. Also, it's so easy to kind of, um, you know, anytime something goes wrong, say, you know, well, well, when things are going right, that's me, that's my self-will, my ego creating this. When it goes wrong, it's God. You know, <laughs> it's it's religion's fault, you know. Um, but next to this paragraph, I just wrote free will and ego, you know, because like it doesn't really talk about the choices that we make. It doesn't really talk about where I've decided to take on all these responsibilities. And then I begrudge everybody for giving me lots of responsibilities. But that has been my defects at play, you know. It just talks about it being someone else's responsibility when things go wrong. Um, but yeah, but I never really practiced looking for the good and looking for my higher power, whereas I see that as my work today. Yeah, prayer and meditation, but through the day, 
to kind of be like, well, where am I being looked after? I think I've heard somebody share it at a meeting and I always repeat it, but in my accent, it doesn't rhyme and in their accent, it did, that things are either a blessing or a lesson, you know? That's a different perspective. I didn't have that, you know? Um, there's an AA speaker who talks, um, who's written a book and talks about having a new perspective, a new pair of glasses. It's like I was looking at things this way and then in step work, I had to go like that and look at that things that way. Um, but yeah, from lack to kind of abundance and, you know, from higher power everywhere, right? Um, yeah, the following paragraph, um, yeah, this bit is so cool. Like, I, I feel really lucky to be sharing on this today because it's like one of my favorite bits. His human will had failed, mine had. You know, I had tried different diets. I'd lost weight and then gained it all back plus some. Um, I, um, I, yeah, like it didn't work. Everything I was doing just didn't work. You know, um, I tried over-exercising, it didn't work. I messed up my ankles. And, you know, when I lost weight, I was in fear that I was gonna put on the weight and it never really worked anyway. Human world failed. You know, that kind of horrible Sunday night feeling when you're like, no, never again, I'll never do this again. No, I've got to get straight. It just didn't work. I wasn't, I didn't have enough power to, you know, and I couldn't do it peacefully. I couldn't do it peacefully. Um, yeah, and then at the end of that paragraph, it's talking about a level of life better than I had ever known. Um, yeah, I can definitely say that yeah, my life, I am living my best life, <laughs> you know? And it's funny because not, not a lot of things have changed. I have the same boyfriend, you know, I live in the same place, have the same job. Um, I'm the same, but I'm different. I'm different. Like later it's talking about his root, roots, grass, new soil. I'm the same plant, but I'm just kind of, I have a different source, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm the same, but the way that I'm looking and the basis that I'm living on is different, basically. Um, and yeah, it's better, even though I'm not suddenly a millionaire. <laughs> you know, my life is the best that. So, you know, I really resonate with this. And yeah, I do feel like I was taken from the scrap heap. You know, it talks in this book about being kind of nipped by the ringer or kind of being fully through the ringer. And maybe I was nipped, but being nipped, I was suffering. I was dying. This is a life and death errand. You know, the first people that I spoke to in program, the people who shared and talked about their experience, they really were my search and rescue party because I was dying. Um, I was dying, you know. Okay, um, so the next bit, like had this power originated in him? Of course it hadn't, you know, yeah, you know, the, the power to be able to put down my trigger foods, to repair relationships, to face as an adult in this kind of adult and not childlike running away way, my defects, you know, and to kind of let go and allow power to kind of work in my life. That didn't come from me. That's not a Becky job that's definitely a God job. Um, and that is exactly um, as Bill was sitting with Abby, you know, he's like, yeah, this guy is just like me. 
he's like a drunk like me you know he's not suddenly a better guy than I am you know and I think this is really important coming in that like you know I know I'm a special person and have unique characteristics etc etc but like you know I'm I'm just another bozo on the bus I'm just another person you know um and it's the same for anybody if we do this work if we're willing it's not going to elude us the recovery and if we kind of progress it and commit to progressing it it doesn't elude anybody I think that's really assuring because um you know my defects my mind can say oh but it worked for this person because they're this this that and the other oh but they did this and they're that age and they're this place and blah 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 but you know it doesn't matter you know it worked for Abby it worked for Bill you know it works for everybody um, and it's still working today today yeah I kind of um I'll talk about it next I guess okay um you know, this next paragraph that floored me. Yeah, it did floor me as well. Kind of seeing people recover and saying, you know, yeah, this was my situation and um, I did this work and now I'm living a different life. Yeah, it floored me too. Um, you know, this next paragraph is so beautiful the way that it puts it. Here is something at work in a human heart. Um, because when I came into this program, I was really kind of um, broken, I think. And um, though I talk about, yeah, being a nice person and a kind person, my, my kind of bucket of love and giving was, it was running dry, it was running empty. Maybe I was kind of broken hearted. That's what this disease does. It kind of breaks us. And I was isolated, it isolates us, you know. I think I'm probably a social person probably a bit of an introvert as well um but it was definitely something in a human heart working when I worked these steps that kind of gave me um the courage to not be afraid of people anymore and to kind of start getting well get out of the food you know that's exactly what it was um so yeah I definitely see it as every day I'm living a kind of miracle and um yeah, maybe we don't say it often enough, but it's a miracle that I'm out of food 24 hours a day, every day. It's a miracle because I could not stop eating. I just couldn't. And no doctor could tell me anything, no family member. You know, I, it was an almost impossible job. And I saw that and I was scared. And yet I still ate and ate and ate. And so it's a miracle to kind of not have to hurt my body with food today it's a miracle to be well um and I think this my ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then absolutely absolutely um so yeah I, I saw that my friend was reorganized he was on a different footing his roots grasped a new soil absolutely you know where I'm into gardening. I have a friend on here who's into gardening as well. So many people in program. And um, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm the same, I'm the same plant, <laughs> you know, I'm the same person. Um, but just yeah, with a different, different kind of root system, different, different energy coming out, you know. And I think I was afraid that maybe I was gonna be that hole in the 
hole in the proverbial donut you know would I lose my personality because some some of the defects were serving me well you know like ambition am I gonna just be not ambitious and will I equate to nothing in life all of those fears um but it's just different you know um the direction that I'm taking is kind of different it's not ego-centered it's not about um trying to prove something it's about being useful and understanding that there's nothing to prove you know it's that's very different um this next paragraph talks about like the vestiges of my old prejudice and you know it's a real strong word prejudice um that this is my old ideas my old ideas about what a higher power could be and what it hadn't couldn't be um i was talking to some friends the other day about you know what we did in step two um and it's like yeah one of the things i was asked to do was yeah make a list what do i need god to be what do i need god not to be um what ideas do i need to die i thought i was very open-minded but in the end it turns out um that um yeah, I had some kind of limited ideas, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even middle-aged and I'm still like rigid in my thoughts. And, you know, I spent years criticizing my parents and my family and older people like so rigid, they need to get with the times. I'm so rigid. I'm so judgmental. I judged people who had beliefs. I judged people who didn't have beliefs and um, it had to go. It had to go in order for me to get free. Um, and it's hard, but like, you know, the harder thing was to keep on killing myself, which I was doing very well at. I was doing very well. Um, so, yeah, you know, I have to, in my big book I wrote, I had to cooperate. <laughs> I had to be cooperative. I had to be teachable. And, um, and I had to rethink what being open-minded and teachable and cooperative was, you know. Um, which I'm glad I did because I, I now realize there's a world of things I don't know, you know, um, and they will continue to be, but it's not helpful to be like, well, I know all the answers. Cause I, cause I don't, I couldn't navigate my way through the fridge or the cupboard or whatever in the supermarket. I don't have all the answers. No, I didn't. Um, yeah, this bit, um, the next bit is a real game changer. You know, that's the bit where it goes from religion to spirituality. Why don't you choose your own conception? Because, you know, any, any addict loves their own ideas. And I love my own ideas, you know, from a young, I, I wanted to be, I was the youngest, I wanted to be the oldest. I wanted to tell people what to do. I like telling people what to do. And here I get to tell myself what to believe, which is great, it's cracking. This line is probably the reason why, you know, we're all here trudging this road together. It's like eight years later um, and it's still going strong. So many people have recovered because we get to choose our own idea. You know, um, I have so many beautiful friends from this program. I have people who uh, believe in a higher power kind of similar to mine, completely different to mine. My sponsor probably has a different conception to mine. We all get along really well. I learn from everybody it doesn't matter you know we're just willing to believe right willing to be on this journey and accepting that like i'm not the be all and end all that's it you know and that i could get down with because i'm not the be all and end all and like like i said earlier i could barely navigate my way through a fridge so um uh yeah 
gonna have a peek at time. Okay, um, yeah. So, and then this next bit just fills me full of so much hope. It's like, um, you know, would I have it? Of course I would. Would I have this recovery? That's the promise. If we do this, we will get the recovery. Like what I mentioned earlier, you, you don't have to be kind of Miss OA or Mr. Recovery, whatever. Just anybody who trudges the road gets to uh, reap the, the benefits, reap the rewards. That gave me such hope um, and I'm really glad for it today. Um, so the next bit, talking about scales of Pride and Prejudice, you know, I love that book, Pride and Prejudice, and I love all the kind of spin-offs of this conception of, um, yeah, having these ideas about what 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 life should be like, what my food should be like, how I should get well, and just dropping it, and then realizing that oh, I didn't have the answer, I just need help, and I need to be willing. That's so beautiful. I think so powerful as well, and. Um, this bit that I'll end with for a brief moment I had needed and wanted God where he's looking back uh, Bill is looking back at Winchester Cathedral that moment and he's realizing that oh yeah I, I wanted something greater than myself I wanted that sense of being held and knowing that everything was connected or whatever you know um I've heard a speaker say um we were looking for um spirits we were looking for spirit and found spirits. For me, it's like I was looking for spirit and found pastries or sugar or whatever, or controlling people, manipulating people. I think I've always been a seeker without knowing that I was seeking. Um, and um, yeah, that moment is kind of like Bill realizing that he was searching for something and that he could have it. Later in the paragraph, it talks about worldly clamors, mostly within myself. It's always been me who's blocked me from what I was seeking. What I was seeking was right there. It was never lost. I was kind of a bit lost. Maybe that's what I realized in that paragraph. Um, how blind I'd been. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it reminds me, when I was a teenager, in my vanity, I'm quite... Um, short-sighted and I just never would wear my glasses and I would just be walking down the streets blanking people and people were like oh Rebecca's so rude she just like walked straight past me um yeah I was kind of I'm kind of blind without my glasses you know um today I wear my glasses today I work my program you know um I admittedly forgot to time myself but I imagine that I'm probably nearing time um thank you for letting me share Thank you so much, Rebecca.